0: We've got an amazing live panel coming up on Sunday, January 24th, from 5 to 7 p.m. at the a six la spot in Echo Park. We've got Kenya Barris, the creator of Blackish, his co-showrunner, Jonathan Groff, Mike Scully, who has worked on The Simpsons, Parks and Rec, and a million awesome things, and Lilla Zuckerman and Nora Zuckerman, a writing team, who have worked on Haven, Suits, and Fringe. This should be a really fun panel... Please join us by finding a link for tickets at writerspanel.tumblr.com or follow me on Twitter at Ben Blacker. I'll be posting the link for tickets constantly. Don't unfollow me.
1: Now entering Nerdist.com
0: Welcome to the Writers' Panel. I'm Ben Blacker, the creator and moderator of the podcast. I created the show because I wanted to talk to writers about the business and process of writing. I've had more than 400 writers on the show, so go back and check the archives. I'm sure you'll find more creators and more shows that you're interested in. I'm a writer myself, having written with my partner Ben Acker for Supernatural, Puss in Boots, FX's Cassius and Clay, among others. We've also written comics for Marvel, Image, Dynamite, and more. We created a show called The Thrilling Adventure Hour. Maybe you'd like it. Go to thrillingadventurehour.com for more info. Let me know who you want to hear on this podcast by following me on Twitter at Ben Blacker. Like the color, only more so. Uh, And follow me on Tumblr at writerspanel.tumblr.com. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a review on iTunes. It always makes me feel good about myself.
2: They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writer's Panel with Ben Blacker. And it's starting now.
0: have you introduce yourselves on microphones, starting here, and tell us your name, and uh, what you do on the show, and how long you've been with the show, Kay. and uh, anything else you care to tell us, so they know what you sound like, what, uh, however you want to
2: do. I'm John Steinberg, I am the co-creator and uh, showrunner of Black Sails. I'm Robert Levine,
1: co-creator, executive producer, writer. Uh, my name is Dan Schatz, I am the executive producer and writer of Black Sails. Terrific.
0: Thank you guys for being here. We are uh, in your offices. Uh, Yes. We're going to not talk about the new season, (laughs) but let's at least say when it
2: premieres. (laughs) We premiere uh, Saturday, January 23rd. Season 3 begins. Excellent.
0: Let's kind of, you know, start at the beginning and talk about where this show came from. I know it's been around for a couple of
2: years. I mean, like you say, we're going into season 3. It's, um, it's... We've been on a very strange schedule, so we sold this show in December of two thousand and ten. Mm-hmm. Um, it came from an idea that um that Robert and I had been playing with um, uh, partially a, a a world that I'd always liked um either as a feature or as a show, and couldn't quite crack it um but just I had this sense that um you'd never seen this world that it was a that that the pirate genre um was something that you felt like had been done to death, but when you actually look at what's been done, Mm -hmm. um, it's been a fantasy story, it's been a ghost story, it's been action movies in the 1940s. um, But it hadn't really been given the treatment that Westerns had, um, which was that they kept growing and they kept being reinvented as you needed to keep them relevant. Um, And somehow this got missed. And Well,
0: isn't part of that... I mean, a big part of that, a like, production issue. Yes, yeah. it's a lot <laughs> easier to why. ignore.
2: You know, a lot of times when you're looking for things people haven't done, you end up finding right. out why. <laughs> yeah, um, which yeah, this are, what I'm
0: really curious about. Yeah. which, and I'm going to cut this out, but yeah. my partner and I, around that time, were talking about the same thing. Like, how do we do Deadwood with Pirates?
2: There were a lot. You know, so we, we um, thought we were very special. Right. right. We had this idea, and we, um, it happened very quickly. Um, we got put together with the guys at Platinum Dunes, um, Brad and Andrew and Michael, and we pitched it to STARS within like a month of them coming on board, which is pretty fast. I mean, I'm, the the way I've done this before, there's generally a much longer gestation period. Um, this just kind of happened. And we pitched it to, to STARS and Chris Albrecht and got to the end of the pitch, and he said, that's great this is the fifth pirate pitch I've heard in the last two months. Oh, my God. And so you just have this moment of, oh, all right, that's, right. there you go, that's, that's television in a right. nutshell.
0: So how was, I mean, just stepping back, even before you you got hooked up with those guys, yeah. you must have, like, you were turning this over, and how did you find your way in? We read a lot. Yeah, we did a lot of
3: reading. I mean, uh, it was the world at first, and then I think at some point we fixed on uh, kind of as just a hook for us almost uh Treasure Island and and the idea of of Captain Flint as a you know we were sort of looking for who's at the center of this thing Mm -hmm. and it occurred to us that in Treasure Island Captain Flint was sort of undefined in a sense he's not in the story he's just looming over it as a kind of ghost of you know Mm -hmm. these people's histories and And right away, you're sort of drawn in by that idea, and I think. So thinking about it as at that point as kind of an origin story for Long John Silver and a way to kind of tell the story of Captain Flint that you didn't get to see, that was kind of exciting, but that came like hand in hand with sort of a ton of um, just immersing ourselves in what the actual history was, and then discovering what had actually happened on New Providence Island in Nassau for about what, 15 it's, to 20 years it, in the 1700s? Yes, yeah.
2: we, we read, um we read economic analysis of, oh, wow. and, and labor analysis and of, of just kind of how, um, uh, how that world worked. And, and it, once you scratch the surface of it, um, you immediately realize it is not what you think it is. Mm-hmm. And then um, where it clicked for me um, was um, you read these stories about how, um, what their alternatives were. Um, and that it was not unusual to be um, abducted off the street um, in London or in England or wherever um, and thrown in the hold of a ship and you're gone for years and your family does not know where you are and you, uh, under just the most brutal kind of discipline, um, you come home and then are abducted again because you have sailing skills. Mm-hmm. And this was life. And when you think about it... And it's you. a think about game. Yeah, it's like the game is completely rigged. And, and then when you start thinking about these guys deciding, I would prefer not to live like this anymore, and we're going to go into business for ourselves, um, mm-hmm. it makes a lot more sense. And and they are still violent, and they're still brutal, and still all of those things. But um, it's a little bit less um, the kind of snarling Captain Hook mm-hmm. character that, that you've spent your whole life with, and it's more people who have just kind of had enough and have figured out a way to... Um, Make life make sense for them. Mm-hmm.
0: That's an interesting thing, and it, it like it makes so much sense as something to grab onto, right? It immediately grounds yes, its yes characters, yes. Its people. But then, how do you guys deal, even in this third season, with balancing that with the the romance of pirates, right? The the popular notion of it, pirate. I think
2: we knew pretty early on that the sh- well. I mean, I think part of the intent at the beginning was, was sort of what you said is. Um, Westerns had been reinvented, and at a certain point, Westerns became Deadwood, mm-hmm. and they became this really gnarly, complex um, look at what it is to live outside of civilization. Um, Deadwood's all, our, our Westerns also became Unforgiven in Dances with Wolves, and, and, and this sort of massive scope of, of, um, of reimagining what that world meant, but, but in a, and on a huge canvas. And um, before we figured out how complicated this was, we figured, let's do both. Let's we, this show is going to have to do both things. Yeah. And we wanted it to be, um, you know, a, a character drama that it was in, as intricate, um, as, as, as Deadwood was, but could also do the, the big stuff. Hmm. Um, and it's That's a constant a lot of TV show. That's it's so hard. It's, <laughs> yeah. What are you thinking? It's well, we figured that out pretty quickly. <laughs> um, it was, it was a weird gestation period with script too. I mean, we sold oh, the yeah. show, um, and, um, we made it clear in the pitch that we were huge Deadwood fans. And I think they, in a very... I mean, Chris Albrecht was at HBO yeah. when, when Deadwood was made. They made it very clear in the pitch they didn't just want that. That mm-hmm. wasn't going to do it. Sure. Um, so, which makes sense. Which yeah, we totally makes sense. Yeah, and they like, he's,
3: like Chris told us, there were six other pirate pitches and ours was the only one with Michael Bay attached. And I think that, you know that's reflective of what they wanted, too. It's they wanted scope. They wanted action. Mm-hmm. They wanted it to,
1: to move and have so we well, in,
0: in which case you're kind of piling another thing
1: on right. top of right.
0: what this show wants to be but it's just... also the Treasure
1: Island thing because I, yes. yeah, I think yes. there's so much fun in Treasure Island that I think they wanted that aspect of it as well mm-hmm. and yeah. trying to find that right tone mm-hmm. and the right balance to have the grittiness and the you know the, the, the darkness of the world at the time and the, the not easy of
2: it or, you know yeah. it wasn't like um, well, part of what we struggled with before we got to Flint and Silver was um, you if this show is about um, John Smith, pirate guy, and you're going to have to figure out who that is before you're into the show, there's just this whole other barrier to entry. Um, so we, we wrote an outline um, for the pilot, and um, we heard back from them, um, this feels too much like Deadwood. Wow. Make it feel more like Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: What? And <laughs> oh my God.
2: We had said from the beginning that's not what we want to do and they said we don't want Pirates of the Caribbean right. but we are now defining these as two ends of a spectrum. Sure. So, add that sense of adventure. Yeah, come off, come off the end you're on. Yeah. So and, let, me, let me ask you yeah. on that version of the script
0: you know probably most people listening to this have seen the pilot how, how did it differ? Like what were the what were you guys exploring in that that you got to keep Mm-hmm. The final I course. think
2: I, I think it was um, it was uh, tone and pace and the amount of story we could push through mm-hmm. an hour where um, um, we were kind of learning on the fly sure. um, it was a ton of material in a way I think we probably ended up doing more research than was helpful mm-hmm. or at least we weren't as successful as maybe we could have been in terms of paring things down. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that
0: becomes, I mean, I think that's a great lesson for a lot of, especially new writers who totally. want to historical things or where there's a lot of research involved.
2: Is you know, there's always, it—it um, uh, it, it, um, it is a balance, it is hard to define um, when you have too much incident in a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. you know it when you feel it on either end, when, you know, it's moving too slowly or... This is a 66-page script, right. and, mm-hmm. it's, and there's no breathing. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially early on when you're having to meet these people and get yeah. invested
3: in these people, and they're constantly being sort of swept along by things needing to happen for the whole thing to feel satisfying and whole. And, but, you know, yeah. I do think we really struggle with that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the other way is a problem, too, right? It yeah, is- yeah. To I mean, too much yeah. Yeah. and you see too that a liberal. lot now when more people watch sort yeah. of shows that, that where they release them all at once people now they're starting to feel like well they're just taking their time because they feel like you're <laughs> going to watch
2: five in your first setting and so absolutely it can be more deliberate and then compiled onto that was we were undertaking a production model um, that for the most part didn't exist um, you can't shoot on the water <laughs> you just you throw that away right away Um, And we scouted for the better part of a year um, all All over the world. world. Wow. Um, We looked in um, Colombia, Puerto Rico, Spain, Spain? Malta.
0: What what are you looking for when you're scouting?
2: So there's this weird like um, (laughs) uh, logic game of like the 15 things that have to be true about this location. Mm -hmm. And all of them line up to catch about six. And so you, wanted, you need to be near a beach. You need water, but you also need functional water tanks because you can't put the ships in, yeah. in the wild. Um, you need, we wanted to cast out of London, so we wanted to try to be somewhere where that was feasible. But you also need a local cast population. Mm-hmm. You need an environment where they have that. Um, you need the tax credits. You need local crews. Yeah. You need... Right, light... Yeah, yeah you, just, you know, Vancouver doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing Caribbean, that's that's a stretch. So And so all of a sudden, Cape Town um, in, in South Africa kind of popped up on the radar as a place where they had just finished shooting Mad Max down there mm-hmm. um, on what is now our stages. Hmm. Um, there were had been feature crews down there for a long time. Yeah. Um, they had very favorable tax credits, and yeah. we just kind of landed there. That's right, and it's only
0: since you that I, I know
1: a number of other production it's really it's really turned a
2: corner at this point
1: it had for about 20 years it had one of the the most significant commercial uh, industries so there are there were a fair amount there there are a lot of actors Mm -hmm. um, and we've been very fortunate on that front but the crews are really high end Um, yeah. And it's kind of everything because if you are flying in everyone, then it becomes, the model starts breaking down. Yeah. But if you can have, you know, yeah. not, you know, 80 to 90% of your crew from there, then you can really make it work for oh, that's you right. and get the incentive. And right? London wasn't also too
3: remote. Like, it's a 12-hour flight from London. It's the same time zone, so it's not too stressful on those people. So we have a couple of department heads that we found there.
1: It's just really hard on us. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's, really, really it's like every time it's like, oh, we should go visit Sad. Okay, it's only a twenty-eight hour flight. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's absolutely fine. Well,
0: but in your production schedule, is insane. I mean, you were just telling right.
3: me. Right, I was trying to. I, I didn't realize you your whole production
2: for next season. We so we start we started just sense of scale. We started breaking season three in June of two thousand and fifteen. Yeah, is yeah. that right? Is that right? We're season three. No, No, 14. 14, Sorry. So we start in June, and that season was finished, delivered in December of 2015. So it's about 18 months for for a season. And a lot of that is because um, we, on the front end, um, we're starting with a blank board. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't, there's no real underlying source material. And we're really hard on story, so it takes a while to write it. We shoot an inordinate number of days. And then so much of it is visual effects that that takes another six months afterwards. Because
1: so. when stars signed on, come to I think this is right. When stars signed on, they wanted it to be feature quality mm-hmm. effects. You have to immerse yourself in this world and you can't be pulled out of it. Well, I think um, the
0: show wouldn't work if yeah. it wasn't. I mean, I think that's if nothing else. Yeah. When you just look at the show with like, yeah. there's no sound. Like, yeah. This looks like a high quality. Like you say, a feature quality show, which yep. isn't saying much anymore. Now it's TV quality. That's but. totally right. <laughs> that. It, it it's is. Like, it's it's hard.
2: It's like it's so hard to um, to meet a bar that just won't stop rising yeah. in terms of quality, in terms of pace. Um, I think Robert's right. I think people are starting to get to the point where it's a little bit hard to sit through an hour filler. Yeah, um, it's got to move the way a feature moves, and it's got to do that for ten hours. And it's got to do that in a way where production can catch up. Well, I want
0: to talk about how you guys approach story. I mean, I think it's, and I have heard this about your room specifically that you guys do pour over that board like you're in there a long time (laughs) for
2: For better (laughs) before even writing begins. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we uh, some of it I think was born out of um, uh, the first season of feeling like um, it this show could be as good as we, um, we... We had time and money, which is very rare in TV. Yeah. And I think, um, looking back at the first season once we got through it, or even in, in the middle of it, I think, felt like we were figuring out how to do this better and sure. that it was going to just take time. Yeah. Um, well, but And, you know,
0: as TV goes, figuring it out in the middle of the first season is pretty fast. <laughs> right,
2: right. And so I think um, we... We're in this weird place where we have enough time um, that you feel like you can really fix things Um, and I think in season two we spent a lot of time on structure um, on trying to break it as though it were a 10-hour movie in a a meaningful way not just that it has a beginning and an end but that all of the plot developments are all constantly sort of building Um, so you know we start at the beginning with a sense of what we want the movie to be about Um, and then it's just this constant process of zooming into things and then zooming out of things and you know I think season three um, found its structure when we hit I think early on the idea that this was going to be Flint's odyssey um, that we start him in the middle of this war against the regional governors in the Caribbean and um, he can't find his way home and yeah. it is mirroring a story about how he is having a very hard time um, coping with his humanity that has been kind of locked up in a in a in a box. It's
0: a fascinating... I mean, it's first of all, it's a, that's a great thing to hang a season on, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, there's an emotional depth there and stakes there, uh, right. but it also gives you a nice structure. It's got a trajectory. Yeah. yeah. Is this something... Uh, this is something I was curious about from the beginning when you guys were first developing it was, you know, you're dealing with all of these ideas and history. What was the show about for you?
3: I mean... Uh... What was it about for... I mean, I think it starts with it being a frontier story, so you're dealing with themes of, like, self-determination, people who are trying to figure out a way to make a meaningful existence um,
2: in a way that doesn't sort of conform necessarily to...
3: I think part of it, too,
2: is, like, it's a Western that exists before the West. Yeah. In the sense that, um, you know, I think part of what we found in the research that was fascinating is you think about... um, You think about pirates as living in Neverland, in a way. They're in their own little fantasy universe. Um, It doesn't
0: feel like the real world. Yeah,
2: and these are guys who lived, um, you know, 75 years before um, people started taking seriously the idea of resisting England, and um, with different philosophical tools and different economic tools, were able to have a much different outcome than these people had. But they live in the same universe, and they're in some ways experiencing the same problems of being a little bit too far away from London to give a shit what London thinks about the way you should live your life anymore. And um, that became fascinating, about yeah. trying to feel like, well, what was it like to be at the... If there was a guy in this world who um, read the books and was, was um, a, a at least vague participant in the beginning of the Enlightenment, how does he see this world? Huh. Um, and so it's, it was a little bit about these people standing on the outside of civilization looking in, and realizing um, because we are not of it anymore, now we have to figure out what we are. Yeah, and it's own. like a prim- it's got a primordial aspect, right? And then that sort of
3: refracts into like sexuality and kind of all aspects of life. Like yeah, you're, it starts you're, to form. You're aspects, stripping right? away labels. You're stripping away norms, and you're you know you're just sort of trying to think about these people as if they have sort of been dropped into kind of raw wilderness essentially except it's beautiful and has palm trees (laughs) they're they're sorting out kind of what makes sense to them and and then you know it's all under the specter of like I think the other thing that's kind of was always compelling was that like we know the ending right Mm -hmm. which is that it Didn't work out. Like you know, John always says, like you've go to Nassau. It's hotel. It's hotels, and you know, it's not. It's not uh, an independent pirate nation. Uh, So, so you're always looking at it from this lens of like, time is running out. They're on borrowed time. And they were probably aware of that. I mean, Flint's aware of it from the beginning of the show. There's something coming that's going to want to kind of, for myriad reasons, squash this thing or extinguish this
0: thing. Well, making that a character trait is so much smarter than, you know... The irony of any statement where it seems like they're going to live forever. Right. And there was also,
2: I mean, one of the other things we found in the research that I, I had never known was how self-aware they were about their image. Um, oh, interesting. And how um, marketing was an element of this. Ah. That, um, and it, I mean, the moment you apply scrutiny to it, it makes sense. If I shoot up your ship, I can't sell it. So, yeah. I want you to give it to me. I don't want to have to fight for it. Absolutely. Um, and the best way to
3: do that is to scare, scare the shit, shit out <laughs> yeah. of
2: you. Instill <clears throat> fear. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh,
0: and, and it's interesting hearing, you know, coming in with these themes, coming in with these very kind of these themes informing characters. Yeah. That seems like it must have made it so much easier for your staff. I think so. You know, there's so much to hang on to there. I You think guys knew what those guys were. Part of,
2: part of our process unfortunately though is um, a constant um, it's, like a, <laughs> it's like a Roomba a little bit where you just keep bumping oh, into walls no. until you that's figure good. out a way to so yeah. it's just it's a lot of trial and error um, mm-hmm. but I think that's sort of the way um, I think the show has gotten better with each season and I think that is in, in some part due to the fact that um, we just kind of keep doing it until eventually you hit a scene where everybody looks at each other and was like that's it that that's worked yeah. Um and uh, sometimes that takes a bit of a Absolutely, yeah, I mean, An yeah, show takes that. You yeah, kind of yeah. So, so, yeah. surprise.
3: You know, you need surprise. You and the, sometimes the only way to get to something surprising is to be surprised yourself. So you can come in and say, "This is what we're doing this season," and mark it out and be rigid about it. But then you're always going to hit a moment where it's like it should be. It should be completely the opposite, mm-hmm. and then it unlocks. You yeah, know, a huge, yeah. a huge piece of story. I always think about season two. Yeah, when we, you know, we had this sort of mid-season sort of confrontation between the F- vane and the fort and flint uh, with the man-of war and there's this question of is he going to fire on the fort and sort of unleash this chaos all mm-hmm. across the board and I think for a while yeah. we were sort of living in a world of like well he couldn't do that that's crazy he wants now you know like how yeah. could he do that and then at a certain point someone just goes like I, I think he needs to just say fire <laughs> uh, you start like, to realize yeah it. how could you not like, and then you remember Michael Bay as your executive producer and you feel yeah. really stupid <laughs> And then, yeah.
2: you, but you, you do start to, to you start to sense these rhythms where um, now at this point um, anytime I hear myself starting a sentence with it must be or it can't be, hmm. um, yeah. we're now immediately in a fire drill of like, all right, everybody put your pencils down. <laughs> Something's wrong. Like, if we assume it can't be that, it probably is, and now we have to figure out why exactly. it's not working.
0: Which is, I mean, that feels like that that's
1: the method, right? Yeah. Like, this yeah. is how we tell stories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. How do we backtrack from that thing that seems impossible yeah and it's not you know for us it's part of it is story but a lot of times you make those decisions in the writing because you're so limited with what you can do production wise Uh and so one of the you know one of the benefits of what we're able to do on this show is a lot of those decisions we're like wait we can destroy that fort like we (laughs) can actually show that Um, because if you don't show it then you kind of question whether it's worth doing um, if you can't see it on the screen and I think so much of What's been exciting for us in making this is that so much of it is also written in post because the VFX is such a key part of how we tell this story. Um, we have this amazing VFX supervisor, Eric Henry, who like literally sits in, in story with us and we, we talk through it and right. to make sure what is possible. And very rarely do we hear no. We kind yeah. of... Push, you know, push
2: for for the most sure. as can It's talk. also, I think, a bit of um, the it's it's a dirty uh, secret um, in the TV writing world that um, we can't afford it is also a cop out for stories sometimes, mm-hmm. um, where you work yourself into a box and you feel like, well, we just won't show it because we can't afford it. And if you scratch that, underneath it is, we have no idea what it is. <laughs> and I think um, the, the the other edge of the sword in a production model like this is you lose that excuse. <laughs> and so in a situation like that where we just didn't know what would happen if Flint bombarded the island you eventually just have to rip that band-aid off and figure out what it is and I, show it and produce it it's
0: such an exciting day in the room it's, <laughs> like, it's all possibility' yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah you yeah. hadn't talked about before the new aspects of the world right. the characters well itself. now now it's an experience
3: now now you're you know yeah. you're in the same place as the characters and it's you start to get into that flow um, really but sometimes it just takes a lot of like hitting that wall and then realizing like you're in control of whether or not that wall exists (laughs) tearing it down and you know in some ways it's it's just a writer's thing of like dealing with uncertainty and when you don't know where you're going that's scary and then you have to kind of recognize that that's that's an important sort of phase to go through in order to get something that's really
2: cool and exciting and <clears throat> the possibility is um it it's it's um, liberating but it's also terrifying and I think when we when we first started the show, we both came from a um, a broadcast production model yeah. where um, there are obviously limitations, and there are a lot of decisions that um, will get made for you just because they've done this a million times, and you're not going to come in here and figure this out again. Um, and I think when we started, it was like going from your first car into the cockpit mm-hmm. of this massive plane with all of these switches and knobs, and um, and the beginning was just trying to figure out how to get to move forward and yeah. not blow it up. <laughs> and then by the time you get to season three, we started feeling like, all right, what are things we can show that I've never seen on TV? Mm-hmm. Um, and and we that came at the same time when um, at the end of season two, stars came back and. I think they were really happy with season two and their one note for season three was make it bigger. Wow. Um, That's great. And we got offended and we wrote the first four <laughs> scripts in a way as if to say, "How to take that. And <laughs> assumed that we <laughs> would... Um, Completely um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bigger, it <laughs> yeah. unproducible. You want it bigger. Thoroughly unproducible. I mean, our, our, our producers on the ground in Cape Town read them and wrote back and was like, when <laughs> you guys okay. are serious, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you'll let us know. Um, what was no. in these scripts? I mean, you'll see. You know, yeah, the first four episodes are,
3: they're enormous.
2: Well, the thing is, so, so we... did produce them. We wrote the four. We fully assumed that um, that eventually sanity would would reassert itself, <laughs> and we would cut them down. And Stars' reaction was, don't cut anything. Oh,
0: my God. Um,
2: and to the point where there were set pieces that, even in production, we had cut out of the script. We're really we just, we can't do this. It's just not going to work. And... Um, after a while, I'm just like, what the hell? Let's just do it. Shot it all? and So the first four episodes, we I think we got to the point where like, if we're going to do an Odyssey, let's just do it. And so it needs monsters, and it needs weather, and it needs ghosts, and it needs all of the things it has, and it all has to live in a world that feels grounded and real.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's something, I mean, when you get two seasons, three and four, and you get this allowance to be big and be weird and be whatever, yeah. because it's... Seasons three and four, you you know the characters. Now. Yeah. You know you can you can stop setting up the world. You can yeah. play in these characters and let the yeah. characters we love go through yeah. all of this big stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. Stuff. Yeah.
2: Find and, different notes to play. Yeah. And they do start. Um, it sounds wonky, but they do start talking to you a little bit. Like I think if you Absolutely. build them properly, they start um, arguing for themselves on mm-hmm. the page. Um, you know how to make it feel true and we have this like
3: fun aspect of like because i can't even remember why like early on we just decided some of these people are going to be from history and we're gonna as much as we can try to weave in moments that actually happen like you find these places where history and your characters intersect and they start harmonizing and informing each other's stories and relationships that you're just able to sort of dictate and that starts really fueling what happens.
0: Yeah, that was something I wanted to ask about was, you know, having done all this research and, you know, having all this, this lore, was there stuff that you found that you said either this has to go in or no one will believe this actually could happen? Right.
3: Yeah, there's one of those in this season, season oh, yeah. three. Um, that you know, if you if you have any familiarity with what happened in Nassau, you I'm sure you remember it. Um, and you know, we we felt duty bound to do our version of it, mm-hmm. which again didn't help with the um, keep it. or, I mean, it actually did help. You know, the moment they were like, make it as big as possible. It's like, okay, I guess <laughs> we're actually going to do that thing. Oh wow! Um, but it's also like you know, I always talk about like Woods Rogers, like. He's the, he enters in season three. He was a, a real guy. He was the guy who basically, you know, convinced everyone in London, a bunch of private investi- investors, that he could go to NASA and tame it. Hmm. And he got permission from the, from the you know, the, the crown that if he goes there and does it, they'll make him the governor. Got a bunch of money together, sailed over with about 20 ships, and, and tried to do the impossible, and did it in a very sort of clever and unexpected way, which, you know, I won't spoil, but... Hmm. Um, you know, we were from, I think we pitched him as part of the, you know, the initial part of the show as, like, he will be in the show because that's the face of England. He's this sort of fascinating, he used to be a privateer, so he had sort of a pirate past himself. He had this crazy adventure where he discovered Selkirk, um, you know, became the inspiration for Robin's Crusoe. like, he's a great character. So, like, when do we bring him in? And... We came to the end of... Like, we kept trying to look for places and it never quite felt right. And then we got to the end of season two and this thing happened to Eleanor Guthrie, who's one of our leads. She's sort of, you know, taken... Handed over to the British um, by some of her enemies, betrayed by someone, and ends up kind of in London, ready to hang. And then it was this great moment where it was like, ah, that's how he'll matter, is that he'll, he'll come, but he'll come with her. He'll bring her. She's his... Um, she's the what's the analogy you know she's his she knows the island right like that's the last thing he needs before he gets her he knows like I need someone who knows what I'm dealing with
0: yeah you can practically put him in with your existing character yeah Yeah. and that was really exciting and and, and and it it
3: was a great person to link her up with because in a way like her world had been sort of stripped from her so Mm -hmm. she was somewhat raw material and it just like it was this great moment confluence of history and our story and,
1: and you immediately cared I think I think the you know we always put pressure on ourselves that every you know with, with these action set pieces there has to be an emotional point to it and I think when you think like okay we're gonna go big we're just gonna do it as big as possible it can't just be action like it can't just be we're just doing it because it's a spectacle like, I think I think that's the thing that you have to constantly put pressure on yourselves, and we are hard we're so hard on ourselves to make sure. Okay, we're doing a, an enormous storm, mm-hmm. but why do I care? What the, you know, why do I care about what these characters are going through and, and how they're going through it, and what's the what's the net result of it all? Mm-hmm.
0: Were there uh, actually? I want to go back and talk mm-hmm. about. Um, and yeah. I apologize, I don't know. Is this your first show running job?
2: Uh, so I ran Human Target, which is where. Oh, well, actually, no. So we we started on um, on Jericho. Three together. of us all started, of started together, together. I'm no kidding. Um, and I feel
0: like everybody came out of Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> out of Jericho <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> What was, was that room? <laughs>
2: it was a crazy room. It was um it was us and um, uh, Matt Fetterman and Steve Skaya. Carol, Bar- yeah. Carol Barbie. Carol um, Barbie. Uh, Frank Military, um, there were a lot of Gregory. great, yeah, Michael like <laughs> just <laughs> a great room, I, I think John McNamara, um, <laughs> of, uh, of Current, um, right. so I, I, think, uh, it, it was, um, it was chaos at the beginning, which I think, um, created just this feeding frenzy of, like, a lot of people <laughs> okay. trying to figure out a problem nobody had an answer to, um, but we and did, and 20, well, right, That's at, right. right, yeah, right, like
3: when you're doing 22 serialized,
2: okay. like, yeah. I forgot. On a network yeah. schedule. And then on a lot of you, yeah. On CBS. A
0: lot of that room went to Human Target. Is that right?
2: Yeah. So a bunch of us. So I, um, Human Target, I got going sort of right after that and, um, and brought Robert on and brought Matt and Steve on and um, we did that um, first season. And then the second season, um, it was, uh, we undertook to make the first season um, action on network TV that um, was really hard to do. And, and applied the same level of, of, um, of rigor to story, mm-hmm. and, and it, was, um, it was rough. And then in the second season, when um, they, uh, I was relieved of show running, um, we, uh, it, it was actually a really good experience, um, for yeah. me, for both of us, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, Matt Miller came in, who was the greatest human being in the world, and, and we are still friends to this day. Right. And um, we, I was able to sort of step back from it and, um, and see, all right, what worked, what didn't work, mm-hmm. Um, how does somebody else do this um, in, in in a car in which I was driving? I kind of want to see what somebody else does with the same car. Yeah. Um, and it also, fortunately, gave Robert and I the time to sit down and figure out what are we doing next. Okay. And um, and this show came out of that. Um, it came out of sitting sitting in my office in the, on that show and and, and throwing ideas around. Oh,
0: interesting. Yeah. yeah. The thing I was curious about was how those previous experiences. What did you take from those in running this show? Now?
2: Um. You know, the, the the biggest thing always, and I think it's, um, it's different for everyone um, in terms of what they bring into it, um, there is um, uh, an element of knowing when to say no. Um, it's the hardest thing in the world to do. Um, and I came to running that show only having really been on Jericho. It was my only TV experience. Um, it's very hard to know when there are people telling you um, this isn't working, mm. this won't work. Um, we told you this wouldn't work, you did it anyway, it's kind of working, and now we're not super thrilled about it. So the, there are elements of, at a certain point, um, it, it, the politics of it are really complicated. Um, and you kind of have to develop a, a, a sense of, when am I just saying no? And not caring if what the consequences of it are. Um, and I think coming to this... Um, it, there are good lessons and bad lessons, I think, from, from any, any um, really difficult process like that. Um, and I think part of it was, was that. I mean, I think now, um, even on this show, honestly, it's taken us a few years to know what notes are the ones where, um, if you're hearing it a second time, they may be wrong, but there's something going on.
0: Yeah.
2: The story is sick. And it oh. needs help yeah and this right. is a it's symptom the and let's figure yeah, out and figure yeah. Out. yeah. it's the a it's fact this fact. weird organism where they are the ones that express the symptoms yeah and even though you built it you have to figure out how to diagnose it That's interesting. and um so and the times where it's i mean i feel like with any rules like you gotta know why the rules are before you break it um there are times where you get a note and it's you know i hear what you're saying i'm gonna do this anyway um I hope you like it. And (laughs) you just just kind of have to go with it. And and I think that for me, at least that's been an ongoing process of just trial and error and figuring out where we ignore notes and regret it and where we don't. And uh, And it can really help. I
1: mean, there are times where it's like you totally turn a corner. Like you just, we were, we're so in it that you just didn't see this one little (laughs) thing that was, and, and that note can come in and it maybe isn't exactly what the fix is. Yeah. But it just Sports it's you to reevaluate,
3: and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I you know like to their credit stars, like they're very good about you know here's the note, here's our reaction, you figure it out, like figure out right. how to they, fix it, it's yeah. not uh, well, that was when we started talking
2: about it, but like when we started um I mean, I don't think it's a secret that then the broadcast network notes process is um intensive, yeah. um it is not unusual to be on the phone for two to three hours going through a script. Um, when we delivered the first outline for this, that was the only note we got, was this is too dark. Mm-hmm. It feels too much like Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Go to script, um, which yeah. is also very unusual. Yeah, we don't just, need another outline. We don't need, yeah, just go I to really script
3: and to adjust, play. and then we'll react to that. But it's oh. like...
2: And so we wrote a script, mm-hmm. um, and, and we tried to make it a little more adventure-y. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was sort of having come out of that culture of feeling like, well, we got a note, let's go do it. So we, we swung to the other end of the spectrum. And they read the script, and they said, um, this is too light. Oh, wow. And we said, and immediately the sort of the, um, the question was like, all right, well, let's go through pages, and can you tell us where you don't like it? And they're like, no. no. <laughs> yeah. It's just too light. You figure it out. And we flailed for a minute, and then there was, I remember we were yeah. sitting in my house, and we had this moment of oh wait a minute they trust us to figure yeah. this out yeah. oh
3: great
2: that's crazy alright let's do that so you've been, you've been just we're just like, like be as so puppies yeah. yeah well it's also
1: the benefit of time too <laughs> right so, sure. you know you don't have these, these, these deadlines yeah. Yeah. you know the same time when you're totally developing.
2: and so we we wrote another script with no page no, just that was the one note was make it less mm-hmm. light Wrote find another script. Ground. Didn't hear anything, and then three months later, they said, like, "Yep, that's it. Let's make yeah, it. What's that's the next the episode?" Title. Yeah. So really that was um, the. I think it, it, too much scrutiny from your mm-hmm. partners is bad. Too little is good, but it's terrifying if you're used <laughs> so, to having that structure. So. Well,
0: and it sounds like you know, like a lot of these cable networks, they find the people whom they trust. You know, they clearly trusted your pitch and they trusted your collaborators. Yeah. And then they want to make it a collaboration themselves. And I think also
2: it's, um, you have to, um, another hard thing that, that it, um, is difficult to process is you have to be willing to allow other people to make mistakes. You have to be willing to allow yourself to make mistakes. I don't know that the third season of this show, which I think turned out really well, would have been possible without making the mistakes we made in the first season. Mm. Um, without being willing to try things and 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 really shoot for you know when you go into it saying we're shooting for an a an epic feature level action adventure show about civilization and self identity and what i mean you're setting yourself up to fail in a massive way but um but you kind of have to go through that to to get to what I think now season two and especially season three um are fulfilling
0: so uh, i mean it feels like that is the difference between good TV and bad TV
1: yeah it right, is that ambition and 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 I was going to say so it's, it's it, and it, you hate to say this but it is also the time like it is the time to build it I I always say like you we, we spend you know one of the hard things about the network you know uh, the network deal is it's like you are the room opens in June and you're shooting mid-july yeah. so I you know we we're you know we've been in it and we're in awe of everybody who can <laughs> do it but there is a benefit of having those first few months to really be able to, to build it out and so when, when Stars comes in for the pitch for the season we're able to pitch out we don't pitch out every episode mm-hmm. and every detail but we're able to pitch out the three acts of the ten episodes oh, um, and I always give like Robert and I both give like, John is it is it is an amazing sight. Like to give you so much credit, he will literally sit there for two hours and pitch them out the whole season with very few notes. Oh, that's really and and it is it is. But it, what it does is it gives them the full experience of this is what they're buying into. You're being told the story, yeah. and then they can also trust in that. It's like okay, I see I see all these key landmarks that you guys are trying to hit. It might change, it'll evolve, and we we continue. You know, we update them. You know, often with. Just sort of, okay, remember we had pitched you that? Well, it's not going that way at all. Right. Like, we figured out in the room it's going in a totally different direction. But being able to see that before you actually put, you
2: know, uh, get get in front of the computer is, is key. That's great. Yeah. That's really, that's an interesting part of the process. It's also, I mean, this, as if this weren't complicated enough, um, <laughs> we, um, this other challenge, which is um, we're trying to launch this massive rocket and then land it. Um, in a book that doesn't want it there. Um, the, the the
3: the goal. He's
2: not Ryan Johnson. He's not talking to us. <laughs> he's doing. This yeah. like, and so it's like um, the the ghost of Robert Louis Stevenson is a participant yes. in, in the writers' room a little bit. And and we you know, snickering exactly at the beginning. We said, you know, what will be great is if at the end of the show, however long it runs, you can read that book and there is a new story in the spaces of it, mm-hmm. and it is true to it tonally, but it's there. And then that has to incorporate a real history um, that isn't really contemplated in the book. And so, um, you know, in an ordinary serialized story, the story finds a way to go, and then it finds its ending. And there are elements of, not the entirety of it, but elements of our ending that were sort of dictated to us at the beginning. Um, So it is a bit of... um, uh, yeah, it's my well, it act. It. Yeah. Well, like
1: history is ends up being really helpful, but the book actually causes us more trouble. You know, yeah. we don't have that sort of the 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 uh, you know. I mean, Game of Thrones had it for a while. had had the help from mm-hmm. the books. Now I'm sure they're struggling with right. with not having more. But um, but it has been the book is has been you know it, it, you can't kill Long John Silver. Right. He's in the book. Yeah, yeah. We, that. You know, you can't do certain things that you'd love to do. But that's
0: an interesting... I mean, I hear it both ways from writers that people love that puzzle. They think of every story yeah. as mm-hmm. that puzzle. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, or they like to find the way, whether on their own or yeah. with the room. The, the grass um, is always yeah. greener. I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah, You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I,
2: I, um, I have a friend who works in another show that's based on a book, and um, you hear them talking about it, about, what well, we're going to break down the book, and then we'll know what the season's about, and it's like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it be nice. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure on the other end of it, they look at us, <laughs> and it's like, oh, you're not stuck with any of this, and right. so you can do or, you yeah, it Or, yeah,
1: a fan base that is going to get really mad if you change something right. that they right. have to deal with. Yeah, so yeah right. You're absolutely right. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, let me just, this is real, nuts and multi, yeah. but putting together the How did you find the writers? What were you looking for? Has it been basically the same room for uh, all three seasons?
2: No, there's a fair amount of turnover. I mean, I think um, what we were... It it was a very hard room to cast um, Mm -hmm. and and, in the sense that when you start saying we want to do something for which there is no real model, um, there's not a lot to go on in terms of what's going to work. Um, I think everyone who's sort of been through here has brought something to it mm-hmm. for sure um, I think um, there is an element of um, us figuring out at a certain point that um, th- there were I think personal elements to this story that kind of needed people to be around it and to inform it mm-hmm. um, and um, but the writing is very heavily um, done by the two of us and, and I think or by the three of us and I think um there are people who exist well in that environment and, sure. and, and there are people who I think um T V doesn't generally work that way. I think T V, um, for the most part, or in a lot of environments, at least the last, you know, the, the shows that we came up on, you you get an episode and it's yours and there's ownership and um it, it's very hard to do that in a ten hour movie. It's very hard to have somebody go off and write episode 6 the way they want it to be I'm hearing
0: this a lot yeah Yeah. Yeah.
2: it's hard this
3: is the nature
0: of it just involves every minute
3: it involves every minute it's also the specificity of the voice Mm -hmm. it's like it's not a network show where it's a little bit and this is not to denigrate network shows but a little bit more of a factory where you can revolve people in and out and the episodes can kind of I don't know, sometimes you feel like they have a little more leeway sometimes in terms sure. of like what each one feels like compared to the other. But.
2: There's this, um, this very weird um, expectation game where um, all of the following are in play. I think you are competing with features visually, without question. Um, however, um, and you're competing with them, I think, story-wise. I, I think um, we will write 550 pages of this season in the amount of time a feature will write a hundred, and we will produce yeah. ten hours of film in the amount of time a feature ten would features. write
0: two hours. Ten features, yeah.
2: And we're losing, or or losing, or rejecting, I guess, depending on how you look at it. The idea that TV can just slow down and move as slow as it wants. So it's um the 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 window you're trying to shoot this this um, this arrow through is really tight. Um and and the voice I think is part of it. I think you just. You want it to all feel like the same story, and it's the more complicated the story gets through ten hours, the more every choice um, has these ripples um, that. So you kind of have to, you do have to manage each little moment um, if you want them to all line up at the end. Um, So it's, I think that's part of been the learning process for us is you want to do all those things, Mm -hmm. but you're going to need people, and you're going to need people. You just there's no way to do this um, without help.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think in, in a lot of ways for shows like this and, you know, a dozen others that are on right now, the room has become story generator yeah. and script generator. Well, that's yeah.
3: how we sort of went into this season. Yeah. You know, we sort of made it clear, like, we're, we're relying on people to bring ideas and energy and, yeah. and to churn that butter, you know, in that room. Just, Absolutely. like, be with us for that. That's great. For the rigor of that, you know, over and over and over and really... Ch- test things explore things and I mean, casting that kind
0: of room has to be a different experience from
3: a lot of it's ener-
2: it. um, emphasis on energy I yeah. think right. really I mean I think um, you, you we throw away 90% of the stuff we come up with or sure. more probably yeah. um, and you kind of have to be comfortable pitching into that meat grinder yeah. um, and mm-hmm. not taking it personally and, and not um, which is hard to do yeah. um, I
3: would say, like, to, you know, younger writers or people who ask, like, what's the job, like, it's, like, talk about, the like, the muscles you have to build, and, like, mm-hmm. there's the muscle of, like, I can be excited about anything. It's, like, throw me anything, like, hey, what about this, what about this, what about right. this? And then the other muscle is, like, you have all that enthusiasm until you hear no, and then you need the other muscle, which is, like, cool, moving on. Right. Like, you just walk away from it, yeah. and you don't think of it personally, and you don't you know, like, in those two things, like, it's hard, like, you're a human being, you want to, you have an idea, you're excited about it, you want to see it live, like, you want to know that it's there, and it's hard sometimes to kind of, like, hear, like, it's
2: just not the thing we need right now. And Also, right now, I mean, it is a regular occurrence where I will be sitting in the room, and a story will click, and it will immediately occur to me, somebody pitched this yesterday, a week ago, a month ago, last year, um, and y- you try to remember who, you don't always, but it's like that thing of like, oh, it wasn't ready yet. Like, yeah, it wasn't a bad idea, it just wasn't ready yet. Um, and so you kind of have to be willing to just leave those things on the table and trust that, um, if it's good, eventually it's going to find its way. Yeah, to and the that's a product of experience,
3: like, having been through an entire process and knowing that that, that can happen, so sometimes that helps kind of
1: walk away. And trying to leave life, and, and it's it's always the hardest thing to do, but trying to leave your egos out of it. Like, I think we always talk about it, it's like, oh, we never know who came up with what idea. Yeah. Like, it's kind of, it's just we did. Like, the, 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 the room did. Yeah. The room, you know, it's just like, it is just kind of, whatever is going to push this thing forward, yeah. it's like, it's very hard to pinpoint, like, oh, that was <coughs> and, and if you actually don't play that way, it ends up being a really, it can be a really positive experience, yeah. where it's just like, when the thing clicks, it just, it clicks for, for, for the whole... For yeah, the whole that's movie. how you know, and in, like,
3: multiple sets of eyebrows, I'll go like that, like, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. found yeah. something that's, that's probably worth, you know,
2: exploring, and, Yeah,
0: yeah. And, 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 like you said, it's, it's hard to find that room, you have to go through it, it's, it's
2: hard, hard. And, 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 it is, I mean, I think, um, you know, because network television, um, on that schedule, and even to some extent, um, you know, uh, cable shows, um, when you're moving that fast, you have to delegate more. Um, we we are sort of just on the other end of this strange time horizon where um, we can um, just barely afford to not. And so um, it, it it opens up this whole other world of possibilities where it's like, all right, this is going to be authored. Whatever it is, it's going to be authored, mm-hmm. and it's going to feel like one piece, and it's going to all function as the same story. Um, and there are there are people who are really helpful in that, and um, and and are able to just keep throwing things on the fire and some of them burn up immediately and some of them are still there three days later and it's like oh that's that worked something about that worked
0: that's great uh let me ask just you know how once production starts who goes there how is it maintained like
1: how how do you keep that voice (laughs) through that process
2: um Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so John first pissed at the beginning of this that one of the hardest things about the show is doing two seasons at one time. Sure. Because for almost seven of the months of the year we are actively doing both seasons. Whether it's full editorial, the effects on the season three, and writing and prepping and starting production on the season four. So it is, uh, the trickiest part is just us figuring out where we all need to be, because we actually all need to be together, but it's impossible with the 10,000 miles uh, away from each other. Is it more than a half? It's more than that, I think. How much is it? It's 11. It's 11. (laughs) Um, And we all have families, (laughs) which which makes the Cape Town thing even harder. But I, uh, uh, we all go down there. Uh, we all sort of take chunks. I probably take the most. Um, a lot of my background is is in producing um, and kind of uh, working with... I, I developed and produced for a decade with uh, director John mm-hmm. Um Did a lot of TV and features. And, and so I sort of... That, that background has been, has been good to be able to sort of sure. go down there and look at this giant... What do we call it? Matzo ball. of a a production and being able to to manage it but we have such an extraordinary team down there like it is it is remarkable but it's Um, a beast but it's a a bear and
2: it's gotten bigger every year I mean when we started during the first season we had a main unit and we had a second a conventional second unit that shot second unit and as the show got bigger that second unit kept growing to the point where we're just now functioning with these two massive units and it's it's also the I mean we're on a 24 hour work cycle because when we hit you know when we get into the office in the morning um, there are a hundred emails from the Cape Town day of all of the problems yeah. they ran into. Uh, no,
1: it is because they're, they're shooting, and so I, I will get calls at 3 in the morning. I will put the phone next to my head. And, and those <laughs> calls I'm are like... like sitting
2: in the bathroom while oh. my wife doesn't wake up. And those calls are like, hey, do you care if if Ray's wearing a hat? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning, and it's... I'm great
0: you know. that they're asking.
2: Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, but wow. it is, um, it, it, it's, it's just massive and, and, and you, um, and it, it has come with a tremendous amount of trust, I think, um, sure. that, uh, from casting to the way the show looks to, Ooh. to story that, um, it's, it is probably as close to a, um, a, a, um, a canvas without limits as you could ever reasonably ask for in, in TV or probably in features either Um, so and I think the growth you know it's the growth
1: too like being able to be into a season 4 now it is you've you know we have had the same group like the same team the same designer costume designer the same VFX team, so it is. Everybody has grown so much from you know as every year has gone on that you do you start. It's like okay, I don't have to worry about this set because our design production designer is so brilliant. He's going to draw it perfectly, and and ninety nine percent of the time yeah. it's exactly what's it's in the draft. So it's it's the costumes is costumes the same? Thing. Very very few notes. It's like but doing a lot of like great, love it, beautiful, great. Yeah, awesome. So more, work, but I'm, I'm down there about four months, four to four plus months of the year which is so a, lot, a lot of back and forth. So I, uh, I have a lot of British Airways miles.
2: The lounge, <laughs> the lounge at Heathrow. The lounge at Heathrow. <laughs> the the Heathrow lounge. Me, yeah. <laughs> Breakfast at Lounge at Heathrow is very good. Yes. The lunch is a little dicier. You get used to that. So. This is an
0: important lesson. For all yeah, yeah exactly. It's a production
2: right. issue, exactly, when uh, you want to go through London.
0: Let me ask you guys, coming into season three, were there... I mean, you, like you said, you did kind of come in clean to it. Were there big questions for you where you said, we don't know the answer, we need the room to come to a thing, did you go down wrong roads? Oh, what did putting together... I
2: mean, like, was? Teach is a good example, right? Like We had, yeah, I mean, I think even more so, I mean, we, at the end of season two, there is this massive turn when you realize that, um, that, that Captain Flint now knows that this money he's been chasing for 18 episodes is in someone else's hands. And there's a significant choice that needs to be made on day one. Are you going to watch the immediate fallout of that? Right. Or do you want to cut past it? And if you cut past it, how are you going to backfill what you need to know without it feeling like you're getting um, lectured to? And so I think that was sort of the first choice, was we felt like um, one of the things I think we just aesthetically subscribe to is um, I... I want to be a little off-balance as an audience. Like, I want to not quite know where I am and then find it. Mm. Um, So that was the first choice. And then I think we sort of backed into this. We had a structure where it was a few weeks where we were looking at a structure where Flint started out away from NASA. came back for, like, a scene. Right. And then left. And really struggled with that for, like, a few weeks. I was like, this just looks dumb. It doesn't work. (laughs) There's something weird about it. And then there was that moment where it's like, if you just take this one scene out, now he never goes home, and now it's an odyssey. And it's like, and then everything fell into place. Right. After but that's know. a leap of faith of, like, you know, you're coming up against the initial, your gut instinct of, like, he's your
3: lead, of course, How he's got to be on your sets. Like, yeah, and if he's not right. on your sets, then what are we talking about production-wise? And then you start to, like, you know, you have yeah. that whole rational voice in your head going, like, well, you can't do
0: that,
2: so let's There it is it And, it's and like then every you time you hear you can't, there's yeah. something in it trying right. to... And you yeah. just wish you could save yourself those... Weeks <laughs> <out>. <laughs> totally,
0: but that's like like you said before, like that's part of the process. Yes, yeah. you gotta figure that stuff out. Yeah, you start However to figure it gets figured out. Totally,
2: yeah. and you start to also realize that. Um, and now you see it. We'll see it when we're writing, and you weirdly see it another in, in movies where the script will call out for help sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, where when you find yourself in a scene in which a character is bemoaning a story problem, <laughs> there's a story problem. Something didn't go right, yeah. and um, that was one of them. where I was like, if you just you know, yeah. And then from that came four episodes of, um, of just massive scope and scale off of just kind of that one little piece. And and you, awesome. you, you, we give ourselves such a hard time when it's just like, oh, it's so simple. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, so
1: it's, yeah. It the one weekend bad. was, was ruined. Really we had one of those two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I can't talk about it now.
3: It was probably <laughs> yeah, the yeah. best example of that yeah. in the hist- and, it, and it's so exact. It's so just, obvious. It could only so happen on this show. Oh my God. You're just, like, kicking yourself.
0: Um, <laughs> is there anything you guys want to tease for this upcoming season? Is there anything you want to, you
2: know, get people excited about? Um, I mean, I think it's um, it, it, it. I think if you like season two, this is the um, this is season two on uh, on on, on drugs, yeah. some <laughs> um, uh, You know, I, I think it's um uh, the the introduction of Woods Rogers was something um, from the beginning that we always felt was going to bring. Was going to finally bring the villain into the show. Really, mm-hmm. it was going to make oh, cool. what had been a theoretical collision with England real.
0: Yeah. Um, How was know. casting that, by the way? Um, it
2: can't be easy. You guys have been living with this character
0: in your head. You know, work. they were both really hard. Both, yeah, both. We also
3: introduced uh, Blacker, Edward mm-hmm. yeah. and that's another thing. That really get excited about it and again same same as what Rogers like went like from the beginning we knew we had to do it and it was just a question of when and why would it matter and to
2: whom in our show mm-hmm. but then you enter into casting a character who's lived in your in, in the background of a show for all this time right. um and uh I think with with Rogers um it was uh it was difficult because we didn't know what he was I mean mm. we sort of had a vague notion of it um and found um Luke Roberts who um was such a hole in one. um he was a guy we'd sort of seen in things here and there um but he came in and his stuff in this season is just it's it's great and and you need for this person to not only hold up all of this story stuff you've been building but you want them we wanted him to walk into a story with with um with Hannah New with Eleanor and feel like um, he was a real part of it and yeah. he did and he's great and, and um, with Blackbeard it's, you're, you're bearing even more baggage um, because it's been done a hundred times and it's been done to varying degrees of success and um, yeah, there's always the instinct as self-destructive writers to well let's defy expectations and do a thing no one expects and there's this competing voice that sometimes sounds like the network, which is, um, stop doing that. Like, Blackbeard is Blackbeard, and he should yeah. have, do all of the things that people expect. So, um, you know, I, I think when we found Ray, um, Ray Stevenson, oh, it, it was both. That's a guy who yeah. can walk into a room, and he looks exactly like what you think. Um, but he can be vulnerable, and he can be... Um, funny. Funny, smart that's brilliant um, but that presence yeah it just, and just command a room sure. and
3: yeah and bring that level of like kind of stoic authority it's it was yeah I think it really clicked once once his name came up and then we were very fortunate to,
0: to get that's, him that's great that's exciting wait that's enough people will tune in <laughs> uh, let's uh let's wrap up as we always do by asking you guys uh, what are you watching on television what
1: is the room talking about what are you talking about with your friends and family um what did Jeez. I just? The thing I just watched, and uh, Robert will, will attest attest. This is I just watched the second season of Transparent. Mm-hmm. I've been um, preaching Transparent. Yeah, i i uh, I was pretty. I, I was pretty in love with the first season, but then the, the second season was. I it, it got even better. Um, that whole Berlin story. That uh, yeah. just the way they do it. it. I, I haven't seen it yet. Don't ruin it. The remember. way they handled it, yeah. it was just so. Was so brilliant um, and unexpected. Um, and taking chances, and I think that's that's always what I'm looking for. It's just a, a, a series that is really taking chances. This is what we're we're trying to do. Uh, unfortunately, the only time I have time to watch television <laughs> is on a 28-hour flight to Cape <laughs> Town. So that is when you I watch press. two double yeah, series. Two yeah. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> transparent. I totally binge watched it. Um, so that that is the one, the, the recent one that has really uh, really got me. Yeah, I, I mean, and
3: I, part of the reason I was raving about it, I think, is like, I mean, it, it, it's obviously like what it's done in terms of sort of the groundbreaking, you know, aspects of the material and um, all those things are well-deserved, but I I do feel like it was sort of, it's unheralded in terms of like how well it's directed in the filmmaking Mm -hmm. um, that they're doing there. Like I I would just talk about the opening of season two, which is just like there's a a filmmaking choice made there. And it's a bit of a, you know, it's a little show off in the sense of like, you could only do that with like a really like incredible cast that is so gelled, mm-hmm. and a director who is like that comfortable, and, and you watch it, and you're just like, this is this mm-hmm. is like someone who is working at the, I mean, they're all working at the top of their game. Yeah. Yeah. Um That's great. That was a big one, and I was, thinking, was the other. One? Oh, the other one I watched recently was you're you're the worst. Like mm-hmm. I, again, like we're sort of pressed for time, so I usually end up resorting to comedy <laughs> that is, but, but that's another one where like that um, that show this season it's their second season and they they chose to tackle a subject that is yeah. not funny um, but they found a way to make it mm-hmm. like not just funny but like to really own it and kind of like open your eyes to what that must be like as an experience what is that? she's the you know there's two leads she's he, he they move in together at the end of season one and then and, and it's set up, like, they've dribbled it in, but, like, he learns sort of partway through season two that she's clinically depressed. Right. And is going through it, and it starts as kind of, like, you see her sneaking out in the middle of the night, and you don't know why, and then, like, eventually you find out, and he, you know, he, in a great kind of honest way, has a lot of inappropriate reactions <laughs> to it at first, and <laughs> wants to fix it. Right. It's a lot about, like, how that's not just not... Yeah. The answer. So and, smart. Um, and at the same time, still the same show. Like, that's mm-hmm. a heightened show. They're, the cast is a little, like, they're a little, it can get a little goofy and funny. like. Right. But they just, it just works so well. I was I was really impressed with just the, the whole of it. Yeah. <clears throat> Agreed. Blah,
2: blah, blah. Are
0: you watching, do you have any time? Uh, any
2: I'm, I'm catching up on Fargo. Um, Good choice. I, uh, I find, I... My, I'll spend uh, 20 minutes looking through a Netflix menu I can't choose anything from. <laughs> and then I'll end up watching Key and Peele. Um, so <laughs> Nothing better on, on television. television. I, I have this terrible habit here where, like, now I've watched so much of it that, like, stuff will come up in the day. It's like, oh, that's like that thing on <laughs> Key and Peele. And then we'll make everybody sit there and watch... Oh. Just key and peel sketches During the day and there, were so. these, there were these awful, that. Yeah, there were these exactly. Awful
1: like Sundays like Where you're were, like We're here on a Sunday And our kids oh, are, And we're on. working And it's just like Okay If we get through this scene We get <laughs> one Key and Peele <laughs> It's
0: just like It's <laughs> like, like, like We're boring. Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. hilarious It was the best comedy on TV It's, it's so good It's so
1: yeah, good I love that we all so Pitched comedies like, we all, you know, I mean, all mention comedy. That hard. happens, right? And, yeah. It's like you need to
2: do something, you know, separate how that Most
0: yeah. of the drama writers watch comedies and yeah. vice versa. <laughs>
2: tends <laughs> to be how it goes. It's hard to sit down and watch 10 hours. It's like, it, it, it's, you know, we're in this weird space where there's so much stuff on TV. Yeah. And um, you, the, the, like onslaught of choices, just you tune out. You just, just it's like I just can't choose, so I won't. And fuck it, and I'm just not <laughs> gonna be. I won't. I won't be subjected to this. And um, so yeah, it's it's a difficult environment to which to try to um, get people's attention. Right? Absolutely. But you're right about
1: the room. Like the room is always talking about the latest right. thing, and then That'll that I is the thing. <laughs> it's like, all right, I have to see that. And especially with you know with this time of year, it's all the movies. You know, it's the screener season now and what we can bring and it's so like the like, Revenant and all these movies are just so important for us to just see because there's just things to learn from them and Absolutely. ways that we can good incorporate, yeah. can yeah, incorporate yeah. Into, yeah, totally. into our yeah. yeah totally uh,
0: well as, as I said I watched the first couple of season 3 uh, awesome and it's really good uh, I, I hope people find it make time for it
2: uh, listen, you guys are just going to keep trucking on. Right? <laughs> <laughs> can't stop. We're in season seven now at this point. Exactly. At
1: uh, thank you so much for thank thank you, you, Thank you very much. much cool. Now leaving Nerdist.com.